Hey, this is Richard Tyson. I'm on Father Diego and Lord DeVore show. Listen out. <laughs> Four, three, two. Hey, this is Sonny Ono. Remember me? The guy who started the selfie on WCW? And you're listening to Diego and Divorce Show. Don't forget to listen in. You're never going to know who's going to be here next. March 13th from 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. It's the first ever Diego and Divorce Show meet and greet. Live in living color from the Strasburg Flea Market, join us Lordship, Lord Everett DeVore, and co-host Diego with very special guests, Mad Max Morrison and Anthony Atkins. While you're there, check out the plethora of wrestling collectibles, memorabilia, comic books, and other rare collectibles. That's Sunday, March 13th, the Strasburg Flea Market from 12 p.m. to 3, 110 Mass Mountain Street, Strasburg, Virginia, 22657. And for more information, go to Facebook.com slash Diego and Divorce Show and Facebook.com slash Strasburg Flea Market. And remember, it's not just a podcast, it's the Diego and Divorce Show. Pro Wrestling, Paranormal, and All Things Entertainment. From parts unknown, way unknown, here they are, Lord Everett DeVore and co-host Diego. They are the Diego and DeVore Show. All right, here we go with another episode of the Diego and Divorce Show. I'm flying solo today. Diego's actually out on assignment doing God knows what, but you know what? I'm going to have his back and bail him out if he needs it. But I'm very excited today because this is, um, we use this platform as an opportunity to bring people that you might not have heard of before and, and get them out there and help them get branded. And this one is a special treat for me because this gentleman just happens to be residing in the place that I was born and raised in. And so talking to him a little bit before the show, man, it was just really cool to sit there and talk about uh, the things that he's gone through and the things that he's seen and things that he's done. And it truly is a small world. So without any further ado, let's bring him in here. Slick Tyson Stone, welcome to the Diego and Divorce Show. How the hell are you, man? I am doing great. Thank you. For, first and foremost, thank you very much again for putting me on this show, putting on this platform. This is a very, very huge honor, and I'm thankful to be a part of it today. Thank you very much again. Oh, the pleasure's all, all on our end. I, I'm very appreciative that you would take time out of your busy schedule uh, to grace <laughs> us with your presence, if you will. So, I agree. Without any further delay, man, let's dive right into it. Um, you're in Colorado Springs, Colorado, which is really cool because, like I said at the beginning of the show before we went on air, um, mm -hmm. that's where I was actually born and raised, and it's kind of cool all the things that you were talking about. So yeah. let's get into it. What got you into this business? All right. So funny story. I've been a wrestling fan, I want to say, since I was six years old. And like I was telling you before, as I got older, I wanted to get into the business, but every time that I've gotten – Close to it, it would either show up a little bit later. So, like, for example, I resided in Alaska. Uh, I got graduated from Alaska. I was there for a few years, went to college, and then there was no wrestling up there. So, like, there would be, like, a WWE show, like, every two or three years, like uh, like Haley's Comet. And then after I left Alaska and joined the Army, 
there's a wrestling promotion up in, in Anchorage. And I'm like, damn it, I just missed them. <laughs> then my my first duty station was uh, in Schofield Barracks, Hawaii, in Oahu, which I'm lucky because not a lot of guys get their first assignment as Hawaii. And I didn't know that there was a wrestling promotion in Hawaii. And I leave Hawaii in 2003. And I, I, a couple of years later, I got a friend of mine who got stationed at, at Fort Carson where I was at. And he's like, yeah, there's a, well, there's a wrestling promotion out there. I used to train out there. I'm like... Son of a bitch, I was out there in 2000 to 2003. What's going on? And then um, fast forward, I was at Fort Carson from 2003 to 2011. I was deployed all the time, so I couldn't do wrestling. Did a stint in Korea, came back, did uh, another stint in Colorado, and then I was uh, I got released from the military. And then I thought, okay, well, I'm not in the military anymore. Might want to try and start, doing, um, start going into wrestling. The only problem is that when I got out of the military, didn't have a job. So in the closest wrestling school, I want to say was like an hour, hour and a half away. So wind up doing that. Uh, just was working. And then a uh, fellow friend of mine, a couple of people said that there's wrestling. There was a wrestling promotion here in Colorado Springs. Uh, it was uh, called Colorado Springs Wrestling. And one of the guys that I was friends with, still friends with, uh, he ran a show. His name was Ruthless Randy Rude. He ran a uh, YouTube show and he would wrestle. He would interview all the wrestlers. I was the boom mic guy. So if you ever see, have his YouTube channel, you'll see a big black guy with a boom mic. That that's me. That was me doing that, doing that at the shows. And uh, one of the wrestlers uh, that I'm still friends with to this day, Javier Cruz. Um, he's like, hey man, you should you should try and wrestle. I'm like, dude, I, I can't wrestle, man. I'm in my 40s. I got a busted knee. You know, I'm out of shape. Da 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 da. And it's like, yeah, man, you should you should be able to do that. So. Uh, so after that, I said, you know what, what the hell, what's the worst that can happen? Cause I'm a real believer is the one thing that's worse than failure is regret. So absolutely, I, I still believe that I'm a still believer in that to this day. So, uh, I wrestled, I trained at an, uh, empower school. I wrestled, uh, trained under big guns, Justin Andrews. His name's going to be popping up a lot on this, uh, on this podcast. Cause he's one of the main people that was, uh, instrumental to be where I'm at right now. Uh, I trained under him. I trained under, uh, Jimbo hard knocks, Jimbo Lucas, uh, trained under Damian Malice, uh, did that a little bit and, uh, started, I, and then I started being a referee cause they didn't know if I was going to be, you know, a wrestler cause I was kind of older and stuff. And I was having a hard time grasping that I had a lot of injuries, but then after I came back, they were like, oh, shit, he actually might be good. Then uh, after I came back, I went to the SoCo Pro Collective Wrestling School, where I currently am a student at. Uh, one of the trainers is uh, like uh, J.C. Payne. Uh, the main, excuse me, the head trainer and the owner is uh, Animal Sam, Animal Sam Jessfield, uh, Daisy, uh, J.C. Payne. There were, and, uh, of course, Big Guns Justin Andrews. He was He's one of the... Um, He's one of my main trainers and, you know, I, I'll get into all of that, but they, they've made me to what I am today. Now, it's interesting you say that, you know, you, you think that uh, back in the day that, you know, 30 was the cutoff point, you know, after 30, it's all downhill. Mm -hmm. you, you took a page right out of Diamond Dallas Page's book. He started very exactly. late in his career and it's truly a matter of how bad do you want it? 
I agree. I, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. In fact, uh, Donald Dallas Page is one of uh, one of like, you know, the, the heroes because he started late. Another person. And it's kind of ironic that I say this, but the boogeyman, because I don't know if you remember uh, a couple of years back when they first started doing Tough Enough. He got disqualified because he lied about his age because he said he was 30. But in reality, he was 40. And he still wound up being on the WWE roster, and he's he's got a legends contract right now, and he's he still looks great for his age because I know he's in his his fifties right now yep, or fifty he's or in mid phenomenal shape. As a matter of exactly. fact, he's out here on the East Coast all the time. Nice. Hell of a nice guy and a hell of a hand, and, nice. and what a gimmick! It's a it's a timeless gimmick. You yeah. never need to tweak it. Exactly. No, that make that you're absolutely right on that. So talk us through what, what was the initial feeling when, when you first got in that ring and you first took that bump. Did you have that <laughs> moment that, you know, oh, damn, this is real. So I've always respected wrestlers because, like I said, I grew up on wrestling. And even though I, I knew that we don't use the F word around it, I know that because, you know, it may be choreographed. But it's not fake because you because half the shit that they do there, you can't fake that. I'm sorry. And, and you, you know, just can't. I, I even hate the word choreograph because right. WWE, of course, they choreograph because they got 38 cameras mm -hmm. that they got to play to. But mm -hmm. if to me, it always has been and always will be controlled violence. Right. Right. And I'm, I'm more, I mean, like I said, I'm not knocking the WWE because everybody knocks the WWE this, these, these days, but I'm more of an that's indie the guy thing myself. To do. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the cool thing to do is to knock the people that's popular. Like, oh yeah, they suck. They don't suck. It's just that I like more indie taste. So like uh, PWG, New, I'm real big on New Japan. I love New Japan. Uh, you know, I do watch AEW on occasion, but I do mostly just watch a lot of indie stuff. But uh, yeah, so I, when I first got into it, I, it, I I remember my first bump and I was like, oh god, yeah. So I remember. So I took I took a front <laughs> front bump. I took a front bump, and uh, so I I remember Big Guns was like, dude, you DDT'd yourself. <laughs> He's I was like, oh shit, and it was sucks because I was like, I, can I do this? And it wasn't the bumps that was getting me. It was the rolls. I couldn't do I couldn't do rolls to save my life. And you got to think. I wasn't really in shape because I got out of the military and it was like two years before I did anything active. So I was like, like a big blob, so to speak. But over time I didn't get, I didn't give up. You know, I may have gotten hurt every near how near every here and there, but I'd never gave up and I kept getting better at it and kept getting better at it. And I was like, Oh shit, he might, he might be a wrestler. So yeah, it's, it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's how bad do you want it? Just like you said, now, you know what? I think it's absolutely crazy that your first bump was a front flip bump. I mean, because I got trained by Rufus Jones, and right. our first bump was the falling tree bump. Okay. You, you stand up against the ropes, and it's basically the bump you do when you when you give a suplex. Mm -hmm. You stand up against the ropes, put your hands on your chest, tuck your chin, fall backwards. And the object is, is to fall and land flat as a board. And exactly. No matter how many times somebody can tell you this, you don't understand it until you take that bump. Exactly. There is not an aspirin big enough that will cure the headache <laughs> from how many times you ring your bell until you learn to keep that chin tucked in and super glued to your chest. Exactly. So one thing I do want to say, because I, I don't think I think I may have misconstrued a little bit. So 
the first bump that I took was actually an accident because I was supposed to do a forward roll and I wound up because that's why he said like you DDT yourself. So we weren't even <laughs> even at the bump portion yet. We were still doing the roll portion. So I was doing like the front rolls and like oh just, they were like oh shit this guy's gonna this guy's gonna die. You just we're not even to the... yourself straight into the bumps. <laughs> Exactly. Like you're not even you're not even in the bump portion. You're supposed to be doing a four roller. You're over there DDTing yourself. What the hell? So yeah, so that's that's the first unofficial bump that I took by accident. Now, you being former military, you went through all sorts of basic training and boot camps and yeah. killer PT. Uh for the people that that are listening that aren't in the business and have never been in the military, can you draw a, a little bit of a parallel between what the difference would be between PT and boot camp and actually going through pro wrestling training. Because when I went through the power plant, we had mm -hmm. triathletes, we had professional football players, we had former military and Sarge, Dwayne Bruce, little mm -hmm. five foot 11 dude, little some bitch that tall made them yeah, all puke, made them all run, made some of them exactly. shit their pants. So uh, with that, so when I got into, so I when I tried to do this, when I tried to do the wrestling, I didn't want to rely too heavily on my back, my military background, because being in the military and being in wrestling, it's it's two separate entities, not not that much different, but it's two separate entities. So I didn't really want to even think about that. In fact, when I started wrestling, I just wanted it to be a different a different type of experience now when now the only thing that i carried over from uh the military is that your intestinal fortitude that you you, you don't want to get up it's gonna suck and, that, and that's going... where i was going with it because both both sections the military as well as real professional wrestling training i'm not talking about the backyard people mm -hmm. the real professional wrestling training they have the same goal to exactly see if they can break you and how mm -hmm. quick they can break you because Right. If they can push you to the point where you break and you keep going, then you know you've got something to work with. Exactly. And it was kind of, I mean, and there was a lot of people who didn't think that I could, that I would do it, that would get this far. And that's fine because, like I said, I started, I didn't start it in my 20s or my 30s. I started a couple of months, a couple of weeks shy of my 42nd birthday. And like you said, that's I don't incredible. look, I don't, yeah, I don't look my age, but. You know, I had, and then you got to think I had all these injuries from the military because I was deployed all the time and stuff like that. And so, like, for example, one of the main things, and it's part of my gimmick, is that I do, I wear two knee braces. That's, that's not for gimmick. That's not for show. I've had a ACL, MCL repair in my left knee and an ACL repair in my right. Mm. Now, I'm not going to be, yeah, I'm not going to be able to run the Boston Marathon. I'm not going to do that. But the one thing that I will do is that I'm going to bust my ass on this match. I like, for example, today I ran an hour. I went on the treadmill for an hour today. Did it suck? Absolutely. But you got it. I would rather do it now and get it over with than to be gassed out in the match. Cause it's that I've, I've had that happen before and that's embarrassing as hell. And you don't want that to happen. Cause you know, you could try to disguise it, but the fans going to see it. They're going to, the fans going to be like, dude, this guy gassed out after seven minutes and shit like that. So you don't want that. So yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and that's one of the hardest things to overcome mentally is when you know that you're gassed out mm -hmm. being able to reach past that 
And, and, and part of it is just it comes with experience and time and training and so forth. But it, exactly. it's just a knowledge of when you think you're going too slow, slow down. Slow down. More. And exactly. a lot of guys don't get that. And the other thing is uh, uh, one of the things that we got pounded with was the Hindu squats. Yes, you don't I know about treadmill, those. Brother, you need 1500 Hindu squats <laughs> and you will never get gassed out again. Yeah, I did. so I did a uh, I did a training session up with up north at Westminster with uh, Duff Doyle in the uh, butcher shop school because that's kind of where I'm training at for right now because my current school is currently in IA just temporarily. And one of the things is that one of the mutual guys that I talked to that I work for in Primos, he's like, oh, what day are you coming up to butcher shop? And I'm like, uh, Thursday. Oh, so you're gonna work with Duff? I was like, yeah, why? Oh, so you're gonna die, die? I was like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, I was there. I was there probably because I'm coming up from the spring. So that's that's like a 90 minute drive. And that's with no traffic. And I'm trying I'm trying to get these new boat boots broken and I'm trying to like stretch and stretch and stretch. And and God bless Duff Doyle. Yes, Duff. I'm giving you a shout out. And dude broke me off. That was my first training with him. And I think it was like an hour, hour and 15 minutes. Like, OK, that's enough for the warm ups. I'm like, what? Warm ups? <laughs> yep. Wait, what the hell are you going to do? What, what the hell else are you going to do to me? I mean, warm-ups? And I'm I'm sweating in places that I shouldn't be. Like, I'm sweating in my eyelids and shit. And I was like, oh, God, I'm, I'm going to die. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember those days. You know, right off the bat, you walk in the door. They don't even give you a chance to warm up or stretch out. It was 500 yeah. Hindu squats, 100 sit-ups, 100 push-ups. And then you go to the center of the ring where it's the bounciest. And you yeah. run with your knees going up as high as you can. Then you run the ropes. Oh. Then you do another... 500 squats and then they smack you on the back of the head and go okay wrestle oh wow so yeah so they just like they literally drain you and then they're like okay we're gonna go there and like wait, wait what yeah. <laughs> and you know it's funny because it, when, when you when you go through that process and you see these guys six foot six foot six 300 pounds mm -hmm. after doing all of that they look like two t-rexes trying to lock up because you can't even raise your arms and it's right. the weakest lock up on the planet Right. Now I know what you, I know exactly what you're talking about. And yeah, I, I, like I said, it's, it's, it's kind of hard, but you gotta, I, I don't know if you're familiar with the um, motivational speaker, uh, Eric Thomas. I've always, always, always follow, follow this premise. You have to know your why, because if you don't have a good why on what you're doing something, you're going to fail each and every time. And my why is that, and not to get too personal here, I've been told all my life that I couldn't do shit. I, cause I'm from, I'm from, like I said, I'm from Columbus, Georgia. So it's like, it's on the, the border of Alabama. Mm -hmm. So there's racism there. There's gangs there. Life expectancy of a young black man is like, if you're lucky, 20, 25, maybe. Yep. And, you know, I was told, yeah, you can't do good in school. You, you won't make anything of yourself. You won't be, you won't be alive past 25. Uh, you, you name it. I've been, I've been saddled with it. And, that just didn't just didn't occur there. That occurred in my military career and school and and wrestling and all that stuff. I've been doubted my entire life. And like my character, it's it's not really much of a gimmick. It's the same person. I get off on proving you wrong. I will prove you wrong each and every time, or I will die trying. And that's that's what I'm about. Well, you know, it, it's it's always been said, and uh, it's good that you understood that because you know even though you're in your 40s you're still considered a greenhorn 
but right. you're ahead of the game in the fact that you know you've already accepted that like you just said there's not much difference between him and you because that's where you find the most success is when you're just being yourself you're just going out there and being you you might have the volume yeah. turned up to a thousand but right. you're just being you you don't have to go out there and fake it right right and and some of the and like i said i'm real big in wrestling some of the best gimmicks were the gimmicks that a person was related to like steve austin who actually believe it or not i don't know if you even know this my name actually comes it's, it's, so my let me let me stray a little bit so my name is an anagram of three things so slick was my nickname because my first gimmick was sergeant slick okay there wasn't wasn't fine with the character, but it's the first. Uh, but when you get your first gimmick, you don't really like it anyway. But it, it but it grew on me. So when my so when my wife and my my parents like it, I'm like, well, shit, I guess that's not going anywhere. And then uh, Tyson is based off of Mike Tyson, mm -hmm. and Stone is based off of Stone Cold Steve Austin, because everybody in their mama's name is Austin. And so you know, so but why not? Why doesn't nobody? And I looked it up. I was like, somebody's got to be named Tyson Stone out there. Nobody is named that at all. Go. And I'm like, I that's gotta be a sign right there. And then I just went from there and it's and I and I grew on me. Well that's that's a huge nod for three phases of your life. I mean exactly you can't get any better than that. Your nod to your first gimmick, a nod to the baddest man on the planet, and a exactly. nod to the baddest SOB to ever lace up the boots. Exactly. And I was I was a huge, huge I well, I don't even want to say was because I still am an Austin fan. Uh like I said, I, I mean me and you spoke about it earlier. There's if there's like a long list of wrestlers that I would love to I love to watch, and Austin being one of them. And he he I mean, he's not I'm not gonna say he wasn't technical because he was technical if he needed to be. Like if you saw his match with Chris Benoit. He was, he was, he was very technical. And I was like, shit, he ain't bust out that move since he was stunning Steve Austin. Well, there, there you look, go. And I was just getting ready to say that, you know, he, once he reached the pinnacle, mm -hmm. a lot of guys don't understand it. When you reach that level, you can't go out there and take the risk that you take when you're mid card or your opening card. Yeah. He, he found his comfort level when he coasted. Steve Austin yeah. was probably one of the most te sound technical wrestlers out there going back to his stunning Steve Austin days in global. Exactly. Um, one of the most classic matches I've ever seen him work was with Lord Steven Regal and believe it or not, Dustin Rhodes. They There's another one. In Halloween Havoc that just right. tore the house down and stole the show. Now there's another one that I I liked. I can't tell you what show it was, but I can tell you who it was against and a lot of people don't realize it. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Now, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat is one of those guys you can he can wrestle a broom and he yep. can make that broom look legit. So, I I I love I love Steamboat, especially when he came back uh, a couple of WrestleManias ago when he did uh it was a Legends match versus Chris Jericho. Yes. And he was and their chat crowd was chanting, You still got it. And then he came back a month later versus Jericho, and I was like, How old is this dude again? Cause he's I mean, he's going he's going way, way back. And I, that was one of that was one of my favorite matches right there. Oh, absolutely. Stunning Steve versus Steamboat. And, and it was a mm -hmm. combination. It was um, Steamboat and I think Dustin against mm -hmm. Stunning Steve and I think Flying... No, Barry Windham. Barry Windham. And those uh, were just some incredible matches that they threw out there. 
Exactly, exactly. And um, like I said, just to veer off point a little bit, like I said, not really a fan of, you know, WWE being on Peacock. I was happier when they were on, they had their own network. But if I do a lot of match study and I almost have to break down and like, okay, do I really want to do that? I I don't want to spend the 10, 15 bucks, but if you want to learn all that, because all the good stuff is there and like new Japan, it's like less than 10 bucks. And I watch that often. So I watch that when I'm at work. They just signed that deal with Disney plus they're going to move it from Peacock to Disney plus. Oh, I already have Peacock. I mean, I already have Disney plus. So, wow, that's great. Well, you just made my, I think they got like a billion dollars to move it to Peacock. And then Peacock is in bed with Disney, so they were mm-hmm. talking about just moving it over to Disney Plus. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, well, how much money are they getting to move it from there to there? Because Vince doesn't do anything for free. No, it's he doesn't. Just, it's crazy the amount of money that that library is still generating him. And you guys think it's not just? I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of errors that they have. So they don't just have WCW's library. They got WCW. I think they may have Jim Crockett. They have a uh, W uh, they have uh, ECW. A-W-A, they got, I mean, they got them all. AWA. They got them all. So again, if you're, if you're like a wrestling historian and you don't really like Peacock, you kind of got to, Got to outweigh it. Which one is, you know, do I, do I do this or do I don't? So, and you yeah, know, I know, the only holdout, and I keep waiting for it to come open because it was it was my first contract was with the USWA. And mm-hmm. Jerry Jarrett to this day will not sell his library. And I know that the checks that have been floated to him, hey, give me the library, have got to be phenomenal. And oh, yeah. I the... don't understand how he just, you know what? That zero just isn't, at, why don't you add another zero? Let's talk about it when you add a couple more zeros. To me, this right. is mind-boggling. And some people, some people, they don't, I mean, it's, it's more than money. Like for example, and I, I want to say, I, I want to make sure that I'm following cause I don't want to say it wrong. So I know when Vince got the original time slot and old, and it was the Briscoe brothers that sold their share and only would never sell. It would never sell. Yep. And to this day, he said, I hope whatever money that they give you, I hope you choke on it. And he and he took it to his grave. <laughs> I mean, he, he had beef. You Oli, know what? People Oli can talk had... shit all they want about Oli. Oli truly spoke his mind. Exactly. You never had to wonder where you stood with Oli. Because if you walked up and said, hey, does this make me look stupid? You better be prepared for that answer. Exactly. I've, I've, I have that philosophy. And, and if you know me, I, there's a slogan that I say, not as slick Tyson stone, but as myself, I tell them all the time, like, look, I can tell you the truth or I can tell you what you want to hear, but I can't tell you both. There Which you one go. would you like? Now for the fans out there, l- let's go into you for the okay. fans that don't know you might not be familiar with you. Explain mm-hmm. your backstory, your character. Who are you? So my name is Slick Tyson Stone from the baddest company in Fort Benning, Georgia. Uh, nickname is Mr. Mess Around and Find Out. That's the name or MAFO, whichever one suits your fancy. Uh, but basically, Slick Tyson Stone, it's, it's, it's a very thin line between where Slick Tyson Stone and where Anthony Thomas ends and begins. Because... 
Slick Tyson Stone, he's already, they already know that, like, oh, yeah, this dude is old. He's a vet. He's got busted knees and all that stuff. Oh, yeah, we, it's a lock. I already got him beat. When you think that, you've already lost. The match is over for you. And if you're going to beat me, you're going, you go, if you're going to beat me, I want you to pack a lunch, get a snack. Hell, you might even need dinner because you went for a fight. I may not be the, I may not be a great wrestler. But I've been fighting my entire damn life, so that's what I—that's what—that's what Slick Tyson Stone is all about. So you consider yourself a wrestler and not a sports entertainer? That's correct. I'm not a sports entertainer. I—I'm sorry if it—if if WWE came to me and said, "Hey, we want you to be a sports entertainer," I couldn't because I grew—I didn't grow up on sports entertainment. I grew up on wrestling. I grew up on professional wrestling. That you know, like I mean, I'm not trying to show our age, but back in the day, Saturday night, six oh five, not six o'clock, but six oh five. Six oh five. Now <laughs> so, here, here comes unpopular opinion. Okay. I disagree with that. It's always been sports entertainment. Okay. And the reason that I say it's sports entertainment is because, you know, all things being equal, it's not a real contest. Mm-hmm. Just like and I know I'm going to ruffle a lot of feathers, but it's the truth if people just do enough investigating and digging on their own. Okay. Football is an exhibition sport. It's not a game. The NFL was actually sued up in New England because a guy found out that it was an exhibition. And See, so and I didn't know that. For his gambling losses, and the judge says, it says right on the back of the ticket, this is an exhibition, and therefore, because it's an exhibition, you have no expectations that it is a legitimate contest. Wow, and same I did not know NBA, that. The same thing, you know, and you know, going back in my years uh, when when I was being groomed, mm-hmm. I was told at certain stages, you know, kid, the world isn't what you think it is, and I never understood that until much later in my career. That and, and you know, uh, I got groomed. I, I was very fortunate. I got trained by Rufus Jones and I got groomed by Bill Eady, Demolition Axe. Right. Yeah, I know. And yeah. It, it, it stuck with me for a long time and it, it, it plagued me because I didn't understand what he was telling me till much later in my career. Kid, if money can be made from it, somebody's controlling it. That's and a good I, way of thinking of it. I, I didn't understand that because I sat there and I thought, okay. If, if none of this is real, if it's all truly sports entertainment, then how does it work? And, you know, it's done with the key players. And, and for example, Demolition Derby, you would not think that Demolition Derby is a work. It is. We went on tour with Easy Rider Magazine back in 96, 97, I think. Mm-hmm. But anyways, we went on tour with Easy Rider. We went all over the country. And we went to the stadiums, and just before the wrestling was Demolition Derby. And we're sitting in the locker room, we're changing, and in come some of the drivers, and you'll pick up on this real quick. One of the drivers said, who's going over tonight? And every wrestler in that room went, huh? What? <laughs> exactly. Said, oh, the new lady's going over, the new chick. Sorry, it's not politically correct, but the new chick is going over. And sure enough, she went over that night. And so a bunch of us, we went 
after the show was done and over and we were tearing everything down, we walked up to the car and sure enough, the cars had kill switches in them. Wow. And I sat there that... and I was like, son of a bitch, he was right. So that, that kind of makes me, that kind of makes me think about a couple of things. Cause number one, okay. So like I said, me being from Georgia, I'm I'm a diehard Falcons fan. Even though we're decent one year and we suck the le- the next, I'm not I, I, I'm not even gonna sugarcoat it. I still am heartbroken over. I, I I still get shit about this at work. Where one of my coworkers, they'll come up to me and say, "Hey, twenty-eight to 3. I was like, "Don't you got some, phones you, got some phones you need to be fixing? Get your ass away from me!" And, and it, it still hurts. But then now that I think about it, I'm like. That we either pay either New England was that good or we were that bad because there is no way in hell that you Neither. let somebody come back in a 25 point deficit and you lose by six. That's like, <laughs> well, look, you know, we can, go, we can go down the conspiracy road all we want, but if, if you right. go back in history, 9 11 happened, Patriots won the Super Bowl. The number one selling item in the world at that point was the American flag. American flags, exactly. Everything is everything is tied in. It's all you know. Follow the money trail. Uh, everybody always. Uh, and one of the other things that I heard growing up was, if you want to know what's really going on, follow the rich dummies. Follow the money. Yeah, I've I've, I've uh, that's yeah I've actually heard that saying before. Follow if you want to know where how where things are going or how things are going. Follow the money. Follow, follow the money. Exactly. Nope. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, it is. It's bonkers, especially now. Because after you just told me about that, I was like, "Wow!" I did well, not. Yeah, and you know, it's crazy because I had a guy. He challenged me. He goes, "Okay, well, show me this." So you know, a quick Google search, and you found the lawsuit of Patriots. And then you found the lawsuit where the um, they sued the NBA because a bunch of the refs were controlling how the outcomes of the games were by fouls mm-hmm. and free throws and things like that. And then golf got sued, cricket got sued, tennis got sued. So basically anything that can make money and if it's a sport, it could be controlled. They, they probably got sued for it. Well, again, you're calling it a sport. Oh, uh, that's you, right. If you look at the tickets, it's exhibition. Exhibition. Exactly. You did oh, mention that. Oh, look at that. boxing. You know, for years and years and years, people believed that boxing was a legitimate sport and it was on the up and up. But if you go back to, I think it was 93 or 94, uh, the guy that was running the commission for boxing was a guy named Doug Beavers. Oddly enough, here in my state of Virginia. Right. He controlled who got to be the number one seed, who got the better fights. And I found mm-hmm. out, real. I, God, what was his name? I can't remember his name now. It was 94 or 95. I was mm-hmm. working in Jacksonville. Yeah, Jacksonville. And a okay. guy came up to me and he said, hey, have you ever thought about being a boxer? And back then, you can't tell now because I'm bald as shit, but back then I had long blonde hair. That <laughs> right. And he said, hey, you ever thought about being a boxer? And I'm like, hell no. I'm not going to walk out there and let some dude just beat me in the face. And <laughs> he said, you're a wrestler. What's the difference? You stand there and take chair shots. And I was like, whatever, dude. And he goes, dude, just listen to me. I guarantee you within a couple of years, I'll have you out there with Tyson's making millions and millions of dollars. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Well, come to find out, he was one of the people that was handling Buster Douglas. 
and sure as sugar, he beat Douglas beat Tyson. Tyson. Yeah, and that was and I crazy. Sat there and I was like, "You dumb son of a bitch! You should have walked out there, stuck your chin out, called his mama all sorts of names, and then yeah. sat there and counted the hundred dollar bills as they carted you to the hospital." <laughs> and that's usually how it was because I was a teenager when uh, when uh, Tyson came out, and like I said, he was a huge influence on me because I loved Mike Tyson. I mean. After after the, the Vander Holyfield thing, not so much. But Tyson was a beast. I mean, he was oh, the absolutely. youngest. He was the youngest WBF. If I, I'm saying it wrong, sorry. He was the youngest champion. I think he was like 20 or 21, and he was just going through dudes. I mean, guys was making more losing to him than winning, and it, it was there it was kind of like, okay, what do I want to do? Do I want to beat this? Do I want to beat Tyson? And get like a quarter of the purse that I would have gotten if I lost, or would I've gotten, or would I've gotten notoriety by beating the guy who is the champion and bust. And you notice, and I'm in me, my cousin DJ, who uh, I grew up with. He's he's like a brother of mine. Real big. He's real big in boxing. Really, really big in boxing. One of the things the theories he told me was, and like I said, it was a couple of years ago. So Douglas beat Tyson for the mm-hmm. title. But you notice that Tyson never got a rematch because Douglas lost immediately after because because, you know, Tyson was supposed to get, you know, get his rematch. But Douglas fought someone else and he lost like that his first defense. And story, how the story goes is like, I'm not going to I'm not going to have Tyson fuck me up. Because he's gonna come after well, me. Well, not only that, the rumor mill was that uh, you going, you're talking about that Evander Holyfield thing. I heard that he got something like another twenty or thirty million dollars for letting him do the ear gimmick. Wow, I see, and I didn't know that. And and, and like I said, and just not just with wrestling, but boxing or any other sport, there's a lot of there's a lot of. Well, I don't want to even say rumors, but you know, like stories behind it, and you don't know which one is true or not. Because, like I said, with uh, with the Tyson uh, Holy, not Tyson Holyfield, Tyson Douglas supposed rematch. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a lot of stories behind that. Like, like Douglas didn't want to get in the ring with him again because he knows he's pissed off. But if, as everybody knows, when sports, especially boxing, the money's not in the, the and UFC is the money's not in the initial matchup. The big money's always in the rematches. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's funny you mentioned UFC. UFC actually had to go before New York State Court because New York was not going to let UFC come into New York at all. They oh, had wow. to go before the judge, and they had to admit that they were work. And, and Dana Thomas actually had to tell the judge, and you can read the transcripts for yourself. It's actually pretty shocking, and I'm surprised mm-hmm. it didn't make more news. Dana White said that he literally took Vince McMahon's business model and just changed letters from WWE to UFC. Exactly. That they it, they do scripted promos, they do mm-hmm. storylines, they do all of that just like wrestling. Exactly. I was telling a friend of mine about that the other day because he was like, "Oh yeah, I don't understand why you're why you're a professional wrestler. It's fake and da da da." And he was he was really really big in UFC, and I was like, "Hey, you think UFC isn't? I mean, let, let, let's okay. Let, let's let's take away the punches, the submissions, the kicks, the strikes, all that shit. Okay. But if you take all that away, it's the same premise 
mm-hmm. of wrestling, professional wrestling. Because here's the thing, and this is the one thing that solidified and got me that is no different than professional wrestling. Brock Lesnar, who love Brock Lesnar, especially now his gimmick. I love his gimmick now because he's just because he's just being Brock. Uh, Brock Lesnar, when he went over to the UFC, he was three and one, and he lost to Frank Mir. Mm-hmm. He was three and one. His fourth match or his third match is one of them. He went up against Frank. I mean Couture, mm-hmm. Randy Couture. Couture was a I want to say about a good five six years older than him. And plus Couture hasn't wasn't really training. I'm not making I'm not making excuses for Couture because when you get in that ring you get in the ring. But when he fought Couture. First of all, he only had five matches under his belt, and he lost one by submission to Mir. Now, if it was no, if it was nobody that had the same drawing power as Lesnar, you would have to have thirty or forty matches under your belt before you're even talking about title contention. They did the same shit to CM Punk, but it didn't work out for him because. Yeah, his first match was a draw, and he didn't do that well. In the second match, they were like, okay, you know what, Phil, I love you, but yeah, this ain't going to work. You know why that tanked? He was so was gassed in that match, it wasn't even exactly. funny. Yeah, yeah. I saw I saw the match. And like I said, I'm a CM Punk fan, but even I couldn't. I was like, yeah, he's gassed out. He, he's gassed out for real. He's and, gassed out, and he was he was outmatched physically as well as mentally. He wasn't mm-hmm. ready. He was still in. He was still in the transition of sports entertainment going to UFC. Because, look, I'm not going to say UFC isn't more aggressive. They are more aggressive, right? And the kicks, the you know, all things being equal, the submissions. There's no difference between what they do and what we do. It's just a matter of pressure, because exactly. you and I both know a properly executed armbar. You can make somebody submit real quick. Exactly. Exactly. Chicken wing. Exactly. The 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 simplest of holds in professional wrestling, you know, if you're if you're a hooker, if you're a sugar, mm-hmm. you can you can hook somebody and make them tap out like that. Exactly. And no, so that's, that's you know, when UFC first started, it it truly was it was brutal because you saw those people go out there and getting their eyeballs knocked out of their skull. Exactly, especially the Gracies. The Gracies were notorious for tapping tapping guys out left, right, and center. Like UFC one, UFC two. Like Ken Shamrock was like literally was either gonna try to tap you out or beat the shit out of you. So that's <laughs> that, that was it. There, there was no. And you know what? Piece. Speaking of Ken Shamrock, that was my biggest disappointment with WWE, because I think they truly missed the boat, and I think it wasn't Vince's fault. Uh-huh. I think it was creative. Because they could have had a Brock Lesnar and Ken Shamrock if exactly. they would have done that the right way. And so, and, and going off of what you were saying about WWE, Ken Shamrock, you're absolutely right about Ken Shamrock. This is my my personal opinion. Uh, the opinions of Slick Tyson Stone does not reflect this podcast or anything like that. <laughs> uh, I, think he I have that with stamped a, on a business card. Yeah, I just have that stamped. I'm going to go ahead and get that out because I don't know how much heat I'm going to get off of this. Uh, but there's a lot of people because I used to be a co-host of a podcast uh, called the Mindfield, uh, the Mindfields Podcast here in Colorado with my um, co-host Joshua Michaels and uh, Tony Morales. Uh, miss you both of you guys. Uh, and what I always said, one of the first things that I said about WWE when they were doing the mass releases is that they didn't sign people 
because they had a future with them. They think they had a future with them. They signed them because nobody, they didn't want nobody else to have them. Kind of like if you can't, if I can't date you, nobody else is going to date you. And they released so many people and it just made me scratch my head. And now I call WWE the Hunger Games because it'd be one thing if they were releasing guys like Heath Ledger or, you know, like uh, Fandango or, or uh, you know, like uh, what's his name? Perfect 10 that works at AEW now. Yeah. Uh, Sean Spears. Yeah. Sean Spears. But they, they, weren't just, they weren't just releasing Mick Carters and NXT guys. No, they were releasing world champions. They were releasing guys like uh, Braun Strowman, Br- uh, Bray Wyatt, Keith. I mean, and, and the Keith Lee thing, I couldn't understand that. I'm like, dude, y'all have the stare down between Lesnar and and Lee. You you couldn't come up with anything for that. Now, at here, all. Here, here, look, here comes an unpopular opinion. And we're okay. going to get all sorts of shit for this. So send your hate mail to contact at ucwforever.com. <laughs> Care of the Diego Divorce Show. Here is the real deal. I'm not taking anything away from anybody else that you mentioned. They are all Mm. tremendous workers. Keith Lee, Braun Strowman, all those guys. Sean Spears. They're all tremendous hands in the ring. Mm -hmm. But what people don't understand is this comes down to, and Jim Ross has said a million times over, but people don't, they don't really ever pick up on it. This business isn't about what you do from bell to bell, what you do from rope to rope. This business comes down to an ass every 18 inches. You can get look, Stone Cold Steve Austin, one of his podcasts, he said that he was sitting there and, and I think it was Madison Square Gardens and he was standing there at the curtain watching the match and I forget who mm-hmm. was out there working, but mm-hmm. the guy had a really positive reaction. And he looked over and saw Vince standing there and he said, well, shit, this dude's got a bright future. And Vince's answer shocked Steve. He goes, I hope so, but it's up to him. And Steve said at that moment, he realized it isn't Vince. Vince can give you all the chances you want, but Mm -hmm. if you can't take that ball, run with it, make it your own and put an ass every 18 inches, it doesn't matter what he does. It doesn't matter what creative does. Right. If you can't make the connection with the audience to make them buy that ticket, to make Mm -hmm. them buy all those merchandise, then it doesn't matter how good you are as a hand. That makes that makes sense. Uh, and since you put it that way, that uh, that makes me see this other side of that because you're absolutely right. Because at the end of the day, I could be, and I tell because I talk to my wife about this all the time. I'm like, look, I'm not a body guy. Like you know, like uh, Hunter Gray, guys in phenomenal shape. The guy's a beast out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Logan Austin, the guy's probably one of the best high flyers I've ever seen in my life. I'm a, my kid is older than him, but that's that's okay. Um, <laughs> Delta Jr., Red Viper, great luchadors. And, and I mean, I could go on and on and on. And and I told my wife, I said, what sets me apart from them is that I'm none of those guys. I can't I can't be Hunter Gray. I can't be Logan Austin. I can't be Delta Jr. or Red Viper. I can only, at the end of the day, I can only be me. And what I bring to the ring is this. I bring emotion. I bring passion. I mean, I'm a guy that's a 41, in my 40s, got knee braces and I'm fighting guys that's old enough to be my kid 
or my or my my younger brother, and yet I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm I, I'm heavily inspired by Rocky, but that's what I'm about. You know, you may beat me, but you gonna bust your ass trying to do it. I'm not gonna let my my last name may be Stone, but my first name ain't Stepping, and you're not gonna go over me. You're not gonna you're gonna work for that, dude. That's a T-shirt right there. Yes, it is. <laughs> work in progress. My last name wanted... may be Stone, but the first name ain't Stepping. And on the back, mess around and find out. Uh, you 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 mentioned that, but like I said, it's just funny because I have like a, a notebook with a bunch of slogans and a bunch of that. That's one of them, and there I told that go. to my wife. Yeah, so exactly. Now you know we, we you know you started late in the game. You started in your forties, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know growing old. I've always said this, and I say this to this very day: growing old is a choice. It. it Age truly is just a number. And if you're ever out there and you don't understand why you feel tired all the time, you don't understand why you don't have the oomph, the the pep in your step that you had in your 20s. Well, Mm -hmm. there's a reason. As we get older, male and female, our body changes. And one of the ways we can combat that is with hormone replacement therapy or TRT therapy. And... Any any listeners to the Diego Divorce Show, you guys know I don't peddle stuff just because they give me money. I do what we talk about. I have been a patient for Viking Alternative Medicine for two years now, and I'm telling you right now, there's nobody out there better. Viking Alternative Medicine offers all 50 states. Telemedicine. You don't have to go into an office and have that awkward conversation with a complete stranger. They're about half the cost of the competition out there and match that with unsurpassed best medical professionals in the industry. And it's easy to understand why. Viking truly is the number one HRT, TRT therapist out there. Now, you want to know how to get in on this? It's real easy. 877-MY-HORMONES. 877-MY-HORMONES or contact them at vikingalternative.com Now, when you call, mention the Diego Divorce Show, you're going to get 10% off your treatment. What more can you ask for? And like I said, I'm not just blowing smoke. They're not just paying the bills. I've been a patient for two years now and I'm telling you, at 50 years old, I'm in better shape now than I was in my 30s. And I feel the difference because I went out there. Look, I was in the ring for 23 years. Before I got on this, I had to take a cereal bowl. And and if you can imagine a cereal bowl, I had a cereal bowl full of painkillers and other things that I needed to just function throughout the day. I don't have any of that now. I, I do the regiment that they have me do. And my life is so much better. And for you guys out there that, you know, you want to have that pep in your step with that special someone in your life, or even the ladies, you want to have that pep in your step, you want to throw it down on your guy, Viking is the answer. So once again, 877-MIND-HORMONES or vikingalternative.com. Mention Diego and DeVore, you get 10% off your treatment. So, now back to our guest. Okay. You know what? This is probably the quickest hour that I've ever done. I we know. I'm scratched the surface. I'm looking you. right at it. I'm like, geez, that just, just time just flew by. So that's crazy. So, 
who are you in a program with now? Who is your foe, your arch enemy, if you will? So I don't really have one per se, but I'm going to be honest with you. I still, So like I said, the last time I was in the ring, I was in the ring in September. Uh, I was currently one half of my tag team. Oh, actually, I was a ta- Primo's tag team champions with my trainer and my friend, Big Guns Justin Andrews. He's currently off over in his country. Big Guns, uh, love you. Uh, Godspeed. Watch your six. Come back so that way we can beat up people like we used to. Um, but There yeah. you go. So September was like the worst month because... We were the, we were the reigning uh, we were the reigning tag team champions and primos and we were supposed to be going for the tag team champions at Colorado Springs Wrestling for Grown and Sexy which is Johnny Crash and um that's, that's God damn I know uh, Joe Barton thank you I'm sorry Joe I forgot about that yeah <laughs> it's so all good, Joe man. Barton Johnny Crash and Joe Barton well stuff happened Joe got injured so that can happen. And I come to I find out that I got COVID the next month. And then it wasn't just COVID. It was COVID and pneumonia. So I, I and this is not, this is not a joke. This is not a, this is not a work. I, this is a legit shoot. I almost died from that shit. I almost died. So I had to pretty much walk around with a, uh, iron lung, uh, uh, air tank on my back for two months. Uh, I gained a lot of weight. And then on top of that is if the shit sandwich couldn't get any more complete, I had an ankle injury because I was I, – so I I stepped away from the ring for a while. I tried to get my ankle right, tried to get my body right. And after the ankle injury, I, uh, I, I didn't want to take any bookings. I didn't want to work because I'm, I'm real big on my work. I'm really, really big on my work. And anybody that asks me if I – I'm like this. The three things that I'm afraid of, number one – having a match that looks like dog shit. Number two, me hurting somebody and the match looks like dog shit. Or number three, I get hurt again and the match looks like dog shit. I'm not there saying I'm go. trying to be, I'm, I'm not saying I'm trying to be Mr. WrestleMania, Mr. Shawn Michaels, but at the same time, I, I'm really, really big on my work. So, but yeah, I'm back. I'm going back in the gym. I uh, try to hit the, try to go to the train at butcher shop or whenever I can get a, a match. But I do have a match coming up in Tucson, Arizona. Uh, this is Misty Mountain Wrestling. I get to go up against an Arizona mainstay. I'm really, really honored, uh, Mr. Roman Alexander. So backstory behind that is, is that I used to train with his nephew, the ego trimmer Gabriel Alexander. So it's kind of a little of a backstory. And when they asked, it's like, hey, Slick, do you want to come out and work? He volunteered for me. So he's like, yeah, I want him. So they didn't, they, the, the committee didn't say, hey, he's going to work this guy. No, Roman's like, yo, I want him. So, and I know he's trying to get back in the ring. He's trying to, you know, find his, his prominence back because he's been away for a while. But again, I'm starting to wonder, you know, no disrespect. Is this, is this because you want to fight or is this because you, you see me as an easy win? Because if you think if he thinks this is an easy win, then in the words of James Storm, sorry about your damn luck, because it's not going to be an easy win for you. You may beat me, but you're not gonna you're not gonna you're not gonna get a you're not gonna get over that easy. It's gonna be a fight. Then I make my wrestling debut in Denver at MXW, 
And this was supposed to be a little bit of a surprise, but I'm going to go ahead and say this. So I make my debut in MXW. It's a Lucha promotion in Denver, and I get to go up against one of the guys that actually brought me to the business. So Javier Cruz, I get to go up against him. And this is this is beyond personal because this is not just my wrestling buddy. This is not just my partner. This is, I almost consider him a brother because he's one of the ones that brought me into this business. And... I've I've been in the business for three years. He's been in a little bit longer than that. I've never wrestled him one-on-one. We may have had a tag team uh, match against each other, and he beat me for the RCW cha- uh, champion, tag team championships down in Canyon City, but I've never wrestled him one-on-one. And I don't want to beat him. I need to beat him. Mm. You know how some people say, hey, I want to have a pizza for dinner, or I want to go to the movies. No, it's kind of like I need air to breathe or I need water or I'm going to dehydrate. I need to beat this guy. Not 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 for malice, not for, you know, evil purposes. I need it for myself because I've been doing this for three years and I want to show him how good Slick Tyson Stone is. I know how good he is. I've rest, I've ref some of his damn matches. I've been there when he won championships. I just need him to see how good I am. So I need to beat him or I'm going to die trying. Uh, then after that, I have a show in, uh, Canyon city, like I mentioned for renegade championship wrestling in, uh, April and depending on how this goes, I may be making my return in Colorado Springs wrestling. Now that is to be determined. That is either going to be March or April or even may, but you, but the thing about slick Tyson stone is nothing's guaranteed. So I could tell you that I'm coming back in April and I show up and I beat some dude's ass in, in, in March. So you never know. Expect unexpected. But there now, you go. That's that's now, what I got let, on my plate. You know, let's go back to Javier. Yes. You touched on that and, you know, that really struck a chord with me. You don't have to beat him. You need to beat him. And, exactly. And like you said, it's not for malice or anything else. You have something to prove to yourself. Exactly. So, I'm going to give you the platform right now. Javier, if you're out there listening, you need to pay attention because this gentleman is gunning for you. All right. So Javier Cruz, like I said, you're like a brother to me. I've been in your, you've been in my life for almost four years. I've been around your kids. You've been about mine. You've been there when I was injured. You've been there when I first started. Hell, you've been there when I almost died. So this, this isn't, this isn't a promo for a title. This isn't a promo for me to hype ticket sales or anything like that. This is without a shadow of a doubt. This is a hundred percent real. I don't want to beat you. I don't want to beat you for a future title shot at whoever is the champion at MXW. I don't want to beat you for bragging rights. I need to beat you. So March 20th at MXW, I want you to bring everything you got. Bring every super kick. Bring every frog splash. Bring every every Lorana, anything that you got. Bring everything that you got. Because I'm going to bring everything that I have and then some. Because at the end of the day, if I don't beat you, it's not because of lack of trying. It's because you were the better man that night. But after three years, I don't know, my friend. But like I said, I, if I see you, I'll shake your hand. Because in the ring, 
It's just going to be business as usual. And like you, like I always tell you, when you're in my ring, you don't want to be a client. Well, you're going to be a client that day. So bring your A, B, C, D, E, F, G game. Because I damn sure going to bring mine. And that's not a prediction. That's not a spoiler. That is set in stone. Mm. That right there was a promo to end all promos. Folks, if you're out there in this world, that was promo 101. Because I'm telling you right now, that wasn't scripted. I'm looking at him. He's emotional right now. That was personal. That came from the heart. And that's the difference between a sports entertainer and a pro wrestler. Because I can look at his eyes right now and, and I can see the emotion. I can see the drive and the, the want not just to have a match, but I can see his desire to prove to himself on top of prove to Javier or anybody else out there that you are who you say you are. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Like I said, that, like you said, that wasn't a promo that, that is a message. Cause like I said, me and him, and he's one of my closest friends. He's one of my closest friends in the business. I'm not going to even sit here and sugarcoat it, but he knows that when we get into it, we're going to try and beat the hell out of each other. Cause the last time we was in the ring, we was a three on two. It was a three on two street fight and his team had three people. I had, we had two. He power bombed me through a table. With army men on it. It still hurts. <laughs> that shit still hurts. But you know what? At the end of the day, the better men won. They became RCW tag team champions. I'm still, and uh, the first thing I said to him, I was like, you know what? Congratulations, champ. You deserve it. It's overdue. But now this is this is one-on-one. I don't even want to say it's personal because he didn't do anything to me. I didn't do anything to him. But it's almost like, I don't even want to say it's even poor wrestling. It's just the fact that we're warriors, that we're fighters, that he wants to prove that he's better than Slick Tyson Stone. I want to prove that I'm just as good, if not better, than La Vida, the Figaro flow himself, Javier Cruz. And now I know what he's going to do. He's going to listen to this podcast. He's going to come up with some catchphrases. He's going to make a little, a couple of jokes because that's, that's, his, that's his bag and that's what he does. And I got nothing. I got nothing but love and respect for him. But like I said, when March twentieth comes around, the 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 jokes got to stop. You can't be John Leguizamo. He. I want. I want that same Javier Cruz, who won that seven one nine title a couple of years ago. I want that same Javier Cruz, who put my ass through a table that didn't break. And people were wondering if I need to go to a damn hospital because I broke my damn neck because I didn't want, because I lost the tag team titles to him and his crew to BOD. I need that same guy. That's because, because the guy that I'm going to be, I'm going to be that guy that's hungry. I'm not facing Javier Cruz in the green. I'm facing everybody that told me that I can't get a degree because I'm too damn dumb to go to school. I'm going to be that guy that said I couldn't survive in Baghdad and Iraq. I'm that guy. And I didn't survive one tour. I survived one, two, three, four tours consecutively. Almost got blown up twice. I'm that guy that I want. I'm, I'm going to be facing the people that said I couldn't be a good husband and couldn't be a good father. 
or I was going to be dead in jail. That's the guy that I'm going to be facing in the ring. I'm not going to be facing Javier. He's just a he's just a physical body, a physical manifestation. But everything that that that's all that I'm going to be doing. If he beats me, he's the better man that night. No shame in that. But that's March 20th. That's MX. That's MXW. We will see. You can't get any better than that, man. I mean, I I don't even know how there there's no segue into anything else from that. But wow. Thank and you. So thank you. I appreciate it. Where can the people reach out and find you on social media? Where can they find your matches? All right, so you can find my matches on YouTube, uh, Slick Tyson Stone. Uh, I have Facebook that says Slick Tyson Stone. Uh, they're all in one. Uh, Instagram is going to be Slick underscore underscore Tyson underscore Stone. Uh, Twitter uh, is Slick Tyson's at Slick Tyson Stone. I haven't gotten a uh, website yet, but that's going to actually be in the, in the works. And I'm also going to be uh, doing in the near future, as soon as I get everything in the adult world straightened out, I'm actually going to be doing a Twitch in um, Twitch uh, channel. Um, it's going to be, I'm actually going to be doing a Twitch show. It's going to be called Slick's Rage Quit Session. So I'm not that, I'm, I'm okay at video games, but you know, if you want to see a guy, you know, get wrecked on video games and you want, you want to laugh at my expense, or if you just want to hang out or have fun or whatever, I'm going to have that. That's going to actually be, um, and that's actually in the works. Uh, but if you follow any of those social media sites, uh, it, the more information will be there very, very soon. Outstanding. Any merchandise you need to move? Uh, yes. Also, uh, I do have, uh, so if you go to pro wrestling tees, uh, slick Tyson stone, you can't mistake the big black guy in the hoodie and the skull mask. Cause that's, that's me. Uh, like I said, I'm in the prospect process of doing uh brain buster tees. Now, if you do not want to go through any of those, you can actually shoot me a DM. I will actually mail you the merchandise because I actually have that, the, the merchandise that you see on, um, on pro wrestling tees, I actually have that, so I can actually mail that to you. And I might even throw in a little something extra. You never know. Might throw in a sticker. Might throw in some keychains, uh, bottles, whatever. Like I said, that's just my, my way of saying thank you for being part of the Slick Click. So I do appreciate that. The Slick Click, I like that, folks. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You need to look him up. You need to look at what he's doing right now because the passion that this young man has is unparalleled. And, you know, when we, we talk about this business, this gets thrown around a lot, but I truly mean it. This guy has the passion and the drive that is going to take him very far in this business. So before we go, where are you going next? What is the next chapter in your career? What is your where do you want to go? What's your dream company you work for? Who's your, you know, let's get the fanboy questions out of the way. Who's your okay. dream match? Who's your dream company? I've all, I, it's kind of funny that you mentioned that because after what happened on AEW this week. So my dream company and the first company that made me fall in love with, re, made me re-fall in love with professional wrestling is actually two companies, Ring of Honor and New Japan. I've always, I've always loved those. That's like my love in my heart. My goal this year is that I want to work at least five different states outside of Colorado. And I would like to be, I want to be a singles champion. 
because I can be, a, I'm a single, I was, I'm a tag team champion. I was a tag team champion with two different, two different companies, same partner. And I learned a lot from him and I, and I, we've well, actually, not only have we, we've been tag team champions, but we were rivals. I mean, he beat the piss out of me. I beat the piss out of him, but you know, it is what it is. What, what better way to learn than to beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> but, there you uh, go. Yeah, but yeah, but no, that's, that's my goals is to, uh, Russell and one of the, if I ever had a dream match and I got I got on the level that I want and I actually follow this guy on social media, there's two people I I want to face down the road. One of them is very instrumental in my career, Gino Rivera, hmm. the Puerto Rican pit bull, the Latino Al Pacino, the the Frank Sinatra, the Spanish Mafia. That guy, it, that guy, he's done more for my career than he will ever know. And he's, he is great in the ring. He is, he, I can't sing his praises enough, but what better way to look at, to, to go against your mentor than to face him. Right. And the other person that I am, I wanted to face and he actually inspires big guys like me to work. And I follow him on social media. Shane Taylor. Hmm. Okay. Uh, yes, Shane Taylor. You know, because like I said, I, I won't, you only got one life to live, but if you do it right, once is enough. And you know what? Those, those are my two dream matches. If they ever happen, that's great. If they don't, if they hear this, hey, that's, 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 that's my dream matches is uh, Gino and Shane Taylor. Wow. So if you're out there in the wrestling world, let's make this happen. All right. All right. Uh, thank you again for having me on this show. I, I can't thank you enough. It's been, I can't believe it's been over already 90 minutes. It just flew by, but uh, I, I want to thank the Diego and divorce show. Uh, this will not be the last time that you see Mr. Mess around and find out on this show. And uh, like I said, again, thank you very much for the conversation. I greatly appreciate it. And like I said, this has been Slick Tyson Stone, the purveyor of the Stone Age. Mr. Mess around and find out. That's not a prediction. That's not a, that's not a spoiler. That ain't even a guarantee. That is set in stone. Love y'all. Y'all be good. Oh, that is amazing. And you know what? Absolutely. After March 20th, we want to have you back on to find out what happened. So with that being said, thank you so much for your time. The pleasure has truly been all of ours. And before we go, we want to let everybody know, thank you so much for listening to the Diego Divorce Show on Anchor.fm. We want to give a big shout out to Viking Alternative Medicine and also to Amazon.com. You know what? You shop Amazon. Everybody shops Amazon. There's no special codes. There's nothing you need to do. Just go to the dayguntivorceshow.com or ucwforever.com. Click on that Amazon banner. Shop like you normally shop. They show us some love and they keep us on the air. Now, with that being said, I want to thank Slick Tyson Stone for being on the Diego Divorce Show today. And until next time, please remember to stay Diego and Divorce Show.
Every week, co-host Diego and Lord DeVore talk about pro wrestling, paranormal, entertainment, and beyond. Catch them on anchor.fm slash Diego-DeVore Show. Spotify, Good Pods, Google Podcasts, or your favorite listening platform. Learn more at facebook.com slash Diego and DeVore Show or on Twitter at Diego and DeVore. It's not just a podcast. They are the Diego and DeVore Show.